could you maybe share some questions that have been thrown uh, to you like while you were at, uh, at Spotify during the interview process or maybe even before at Rantastic was there certain questions that you got really uh, <laughs> got locked in that you uh, didn't know where to go and that they helped you or uh, technical ones or more um, about the values uh, let's do one of one of both let's do yes. first a technical one and then we let's listen more to uh, the values yeah so a, a technical one was a very um common problem of um, how to um, solve the problem of uh, deadlock mm -hmm. I never like, I'd heard of it but I'd never approached it and they could clearly tell it wasn't my first time working around it but they were still happy okay. <laughs> with how I did it um, but yeah I was a bit of ashamed to tell them like hey I've never actually uh, tried to, to solve this solve but they were satisfied with, with my solution okay. and then values wise or like um, like special questions to to throw me on the wrong foot I haven't really I don't remember anything too crazy um, yeah usually there's also a bunch of standard ones about values like when did you disagree with someone and how, how did you solve that but um, just to like values question to see how you would work in certain situation as a person yeah that's but it's, it's often really happen in, uh, in the workforce that's the fact that you're working with actual um, potential colleagues and which in my case some of my interviewers didn't actually end up being my my day-to-day -day colleagues mm -hmm. is that they, they check you for values during the whole thing okay. so uh, yeah they they want to see how are you going to be uh, in real life and not only is everything technically correct on paper because yeah that can be yeah uh, you can rehearse for that probably the, because the values are um, in every single step of the interview it shows that the company as well it's much more important to be a, a good person with similar values like the company and not just be the best coder because often even if you're the best coder but don't have the same values as the company you will not get through the interview uh, process uh, probably yeah I believe communication is the most important skill especially at scale these big tech, tech companies have the largest scale um, for a product person, it's certainly true. It's communication mm -hmm. because that's literally your job. But I believe it's the same for uh, an engineer. Yeah, because where you can code, like like we said before, with all the listeners, is you can code something, but if no one understands it, is it valuable? Probably not. Um, Absolutely, uh, it's one thing to to be a wizard and uh, build uh, something crazy on your own, but other more people will read your code. Uh, than just you, yeah, uh, and it's going to be part of the company for potentially a very long time. Correct, correct. Then maybe one of the the last questions, because in the online community, there uh, is a very let's say a strong community about learning for these interviews and really grinding out these standard questions. And isn't there a possibility that because these jobs are put on a very high level before it was often like investment bank and other stuff now it's often the the best jobs seen in benefits wise or the, the for the big tech and isn't it possible that you get so focused on the uh, process of the interview process and all those technical questions that you get really good in that but then actually you lose the the real life skills of being uh, a good programmer and you're really good at solving little problems yeah, you're, with your data structure you're, you're the best at interviews you're the best at interviews but when you come see a whole code base of the company then you're like oi this wasn't in my book yeah. uh, it's the same when the professor asks you a completely different question which is still uh, where you have to look 
all over the, the knowledge of the of your book uh, and then the person said, oh this was not in the example questions uh, in my university book so no totally it's totally I would I would say uh, there's even yeah, a book written about this cracking the code interview mm-hmm. so it def- it's definitely a sport that you can go- get good at and it's required to be good at it uh, or at least know something about it but it it's not the whole story mm-hmm. and um, one way companies try to um, do something new is they will give you a take-home assignment mm-hmm. that more closely um, mirrors what you would do okay. uh, as a day-to-day job and the cool thing about that is there's less stress for you because you have all the time usually or you have two days and you can do it on your own time and experiment more and there they really want to see like okay what how, how would you do this in real life what extra do you bring um, what the desi- design decision that you make and then it can come up later uh, for you to discuss uh, why you did certain things and I don't think it's necessarily bad to be over prepped mm-hmm. and not have experience because you need to start somewhere mm-hmm. and what the company might do if they see that you have the qualifications on paper but you lack the experience is to just give you um, a chance at an entry-level position so yeah. you can start at the bottom if the values are right mm-hmm. because yeah it's, it's up to you to prove yourself and yeah they have to give you if they believe in you they have to give you a chance at some point mm-hmm. and uh, the difference then with a more seasoned developer where they see okay you've you've seen some stuff um, is they will then just yeah pay you more uh, and give you a higher role uh, more seniority uh, in so the yeah company. exactly and the chance to to mentor instead of being mentored in case it's mm. your your first time. But I agree. Like I would like to see more um, hands-on questions. Like how quickly can you orient yourself in an unfamiliar large code base, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, for example, give you a, a, a big file with certain functions that's going in, and then how or a whole quickly? project even like with thousands of folders, because that that's what. Daily development is you have um, thousands. Yeah, I don't uh, want to know how of many thousands of classes, of millions of lines of code. How many lines of code does Spotify have, if I may ask? Um, I don't know, but I you don't even know. <laughs> no, 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 but it's probably on a blog post somewhere, uh, mm. and it's it's definitely in um, the tens of millions. I don't. Know. It's a hard for me. To, but see, that would be a good question. Like, mm. uh, what kind of order of magnitude are we talking about? I, I assume it's somewhere between a hundred million and. Mm. Uh, and a billion lines of code. No, maybe, I don't billion know, 10 million, uh, 100 million, we'll, somewhere. We'll see, we'll but see, like, how, do you, how do you navigate this? Are you just using uh, global search? <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. it's not indexed correctly. Or how do you use version control? How do you use Git to switch between versions? Or how would you approach launching something or mm-hmm. dividing up responsibilities? Uh, yeah, those things. And again, those things are for the companies personally to, to yeah, to get to add a little uh, personal touch uh, yeah. Yeah, and make it more closely reflect actual reality. I think that's what you said is very accurate and maybe I can quickly give some value within the world of startups is um, the, the way you said that question interview is to see if the person can quickly uh, get into a big code base, yeah. see where the problem is and uh, the fast uh, fastness is very important in that and that's actually where the start of the two main risk is one is that you build something that no one needs and the second thing um, is uh, that you have a product that a lot of people need but the comp- competitor goes faster than you mm-hmm. so those are the two major risks um, and with the second risk it's very important to have 
coders or people that come in that can quickly uh, adapt and quickly ch change things in the code and are fast up to date uh, with everything that's happening. So it's kind of that fastness is in every tech company very important. And I think that's a good way to ask. Uh, yeah, uh, a also interview. debugging. I've heard of um, like incident simulation for mm -hmm. this is common for back end engineers. They'll say, oh, we have a outage or something's wrong in production. And then they simulate like uh, as if there was a like a fire, not a real fire, but something is on fire. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you, okay, a customer support is coming in with this request. Uh, who's on call? It's the middle of the night. <laughs> Who do you talk to? And then you have this extra stress. So I definitely heard of simulations like that. Like um, oh, you have to debug this thing. Uh, how do we mitigate? Uh, how do you communicate? What are the workarounds? And yeah. can you solve it in time or, or make the right trade-offs, the, the right decisions okay, in those... Okay critical minutes so yeah there's, can, there's a lot of creativity uh, I like it you can definitely separate uh, the people that stay cool in these situations uh, and the stressed ones that definitely. sometimes make it worse let's definitely. say um, well I think that was a very good wrap up of the episode um, I would end with maybe the tweet of the week um, which is by uh, someone who's called uh, the 10xer um, and it says you guys think Carpati had to lead code you said this in our group chat um, I know what lead code uh, is but uh, tell us what lead code is first then. lead code is kind of a, a, a online platform where you can constantly do tests uh, for little coding interviews and it says you give you feedback on if it's done well or not and gives you tips uh, and hints to do it better mm -hmm. uh, let's say but what does it mean with you guys think Carpati uh, had to lead code yes yeah, uh, so Carpati is a recent uh, new hire of OpenAI I think mm -hmm. he used to work at Tesla and maybe other companies like Google before that, but he's very famous in Silicon Valley as a one of the people who was on podcasts, uh, like a 10x engineer, as you would say. Yeah. And the grind they're talking about is preparing for these interviews. So everyone does that just to to get a feel for uh, not only the remembering everything technical, but also the the stress of of the interview. And what you do on LeadCode or other websites like HackerRank is just do all these competitive problems, again, about algorithms and data structures, and you, you prepare with thousands of questions beforehand in order to have it um, uh, in your fingers, as we say, uh, ready yeah. uh, for the actual interview. Mm -hmm. And another thing you can also do is, if you have your favorite company, mm -hmm. is to do their interview last <laughs> and have a couple of other ones under your belt. Oh, uh, all very before that. And Andrew Carpathy, I don't think, uh, had to do those things. He's clearly <laughs> engineering manager or something. Sure. And uh, yeah, I think if your reputation precedes you, then it's good enough to look at your Twitter and you might skip the interview altogether. Could be. Now I remember actually uh, Andre Carpathy. I, uh, I've seen a little YouTube video. He has a YouTube channel as well where he breaks down uh, certain codes and stuff. So that's as well a, a must see on YouTube. Well, perfect. I think that was uh, the tweet of the week. People, hopefully you enjoyed our episode 13 of the Unquestioned podcast. Um, and we would love to get feedback from you. What was good, what was not good. Uh, follow us as well on Instagram because we're over there. Um, and we're going to start posting some more short clips. So please give us a like. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Unquestioned podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>